0: The Miami Dolphins are four games into their 2023 season. We are taking a step back to look at the quarter season mark of where this team stands, what it needs to change, and some of the hits and misses that we had coming into the start of the season.
1: You are Locked On Dolphins, your daily Miami Dolphins podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: All right, Miami. Welcome to another episode of Locked On Dolphins. It's your team every day here on the Locked On Network. I'm your host, Cal Krabs, a lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, host of Locked On Dolphins, co-host of Locked On NFL Scouting with Joe Marino. Find our shows on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Appreciate our everydayers who do tune in because it is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Today on the show, four games in traditional season was sixteen, or at least it was. Uh, as of 1978, I know we've added the 17th game, still calling the four game mark, the, the, the quarter season mark. And it's a good chance for the dolphins with about 25% of their games played to look at what they have to look at what they've done, to look at what needs to change and reflect on some of the hits and misses of things that we thought coming into the start of the season. So Miami obviously sits At 3-1, and if the playoffs were to start today, this team would be the five seed in the AFC playoffs. Um, The loss hurts because it's a divisional opponent against a team that has had nothing but success against you as of recent history. Um, But Miami still has plenty to um, build on that we have seen as far as a progress standpoint for what this team was last year to what it is right now. There's adjustment periods that, you know, you're starting to lose some patience with you understand it's, it's never going to be a one for one, but Miami throughout all of that, still 150 points scored in the first four games is highest. And they left points on the field against New England. They left points on the field against Buffalo, including voluntarily leaving points on the field to try to score touchdowns because of the way the game script went. Um, Looking ahead uh, of where they are at right now, Miami is in a position where you got through one of the more difficult chunks of your schedule. We're being honest. I I remember when the schedule first dropped, you said the first four and the last five felt kind of daunting as you looked at the big picture of where Miami was at, because all the other tough challenges were kind of evenly distributed throughout the course of the schedule. Of course, some of these uh, perspectives had changed. Uh, for Miami, the New York Jets, who were in that block of the last four games, so first four and last four. I said last five. Uh, home against Jets, home against Cowboys at Baltimore, and home against the Bills of the final four games of the regular season for Miami. And to come out of the first four at three and one, uh, I'll spoil it. That's a miss for me because I had them at two and two. Um, so to be three and one, you're still ahead of schedule as far as what you want to be now. I think the other thing, too, reflecting on the game yesterday and reflecting on the Dolphins as a team, and I see a lot of Dolphins fans that revert back to, are we good? Are we not really any good? Are we fake good? Uh, same old Dolphins. I, I don't think this is same old Dolphins, and it's even with the defensive struggles of the first four games and conceding, what, the highest point total of any team in the league? <laughs> At 119, if it's not, it feels like it. Um I think you, Vic Fangio has is going to have to make some adjustments, and we'll, we'll talk about that in, in segment two uh, versus what he's been, particularly when you play a, a certain kind of opponent. But the other thing that stands out to me too is this Dolphins team and the progress that it has continued to make and why I don't want to make yesterday's loss bigger or Sunday's loss bigger than one game on the schedule right it's a one in the alcohol it counts for one 17th of the season it stinks it's a nice reminder of that's the team that you're chasing within this division but you you do have a buffalo bills problem because you know even if you just take it back to uh the cutoff of 2020 when this team had has had three consecutive winning seasons Miami over that stretch of time at this point right now has played 55 total games. They're 31 and 24. And if you remove the games against Buffalo, the Dolphins are 30 and 16 against everyone in the NFL, not named the Buffalo Bills since 2020. I don't want to hear this isn't a good football team. Of course it is. You stack it up in the AFC, I still think it, it probably. Uh, is a top three team, even with the ugly loss to Buffalo on Sunday. I look at the resume that Kansas City has. The game that they just played against the New York Jets, I, I think they were able to really um congest that game in spite of being down 17-0 in the first quarter. Uh, Because Kansas City, you know, Travis Kelsey's kind of not in the full swing of the offense right now. I think you can make an argument the Dolphins might have a better resume in total in spite of losing by four touchdowns in Buffalo against the Bills. Because again, I think you have a Buffalo Bills problem if you're the Dolphins. You're 1-8 and eight against the Bills since the start of 2020. You're 30-16 and 16 against everybody else. So you got to solve that problem. Now you, you're going to have, what, 14 weeks before you play them again to... Hopefully, settle into the system, but I do think the system has to adjust when you play quarterbacks like Justin Herbert and Josh Allen. And the well, we're going to force you to nickel and dime them down the field, and we're not going to really pressure you. We're going to play with coverage and we're going to change the picture on your post snap. Okay, cool. But it's the execution's not there. And you see the teams that usually have success against these quarterbacks are more aggressive, they're more assertive. And I think that's something when you wait, you look at the schedule for Miami, you have the Giants with Daniel Jones, and you have the Panthers with Bryce Young, who looks objectively horrible right now. Those are your next two games for both at home. Okay, let's take it one week at a time. We're focused on the Giants this week, trying to go 1-0 this week. Philadelphia, then you have the Patriots at home, then you play the Chiefs in Germany. What you do against the top flight offenses is going to be something I'm watching very closely because as it stands, Miami has been way too passive against top flight quarterbacks. At some point, you got to take your bat off the shoulder. You got to be more assertive. You got to be more aggressive. You got to try to force mistakes instead of playing catch defense. And hey, who knows what it looks like if, if the entire team defense didn't forget how to tackle on Sunday. I'm pretty certain you still would have lost the game, but the game snowballed on you the way that it did because you couldn't tackle and because you were trying to avoid giving up big plays. At some point, and I know a couple of Dolphins fans have made this point, so the defense looked better against the Bills with Josh Boyer in uh, two of the three games, I would say that it did. Uh, because they were aggressive. And and you reflect on the team that beat the Bills this year in the New York Jets and why they did that. Well, they played aggressive on defense. So my number one observation of where this team stands, I think when you play certain kind of game scripts, the way Vic Fangio wants to play defensively is going to work. And it's going to be just fine. But when you play Kansas City, when you play Buffalo, when you play the Chargers, when you play uh, who else is on the schedule later in the year that you're looking at with a high potent combination of big time quarterback and big time pass schedule? When you Dallas, I guess. I think you got three more litmus tests for Vic Fangio as far as what this team wants to be. I said before the season I had the Dolphins going two and two in this stretch, and I had an 11 win team. They're ahead of schedule. I still think this is. A double-digit win team that's going to be dangerous. Come the playoffs. Because you know, Buffalo Bills fans were quick to flood in the mentions because Dolphins fans talk trash to them and they got nothing better to do than come on this show and make comments after the game. I don't really care about you guys. The show's not for you. These talking points aren't for you. So go mind your business somewhere else. Of course, I understand every team's going to have players come back. But if I look at the game through the lens of the Dolphins and I say, you had Deshaun Elliott back in the mix. You add Jalen Phillips back in the mix. You add Connor Williams back in the mix. You add Jalen Ramsey back into the mix. You do think there are structural things with how you play defense and how aggressive you can be and what that means for Cater Kohu and what that means for how much help that he can get that are going to change how a game like Sunday plays out. I'm not saying you're going to win the game. You probably still lose that game because you, the, the, the style in which you played forces very little margin for error. But that litmus or that that measuring stick, this team's gonna have to sit down and have an honest conversation about how they play. Because I think you got three more peaks at what play big time playoff football, not wild card round playoff football. You can get in the wild card round and potentially have a road game against the Colts or the Titans this year, because that entire division right now is two and two, or the Texans with a rookie quarterback. If you're gonna not win the division, be in the five seeds a great spot to be. Anything below the five spot at this stage with how the Dolphins play in the first quarter of the season is probably gonna be disappointing. And I'll look big picture while also acknowledging look, this team's got to focus on the Giants. And you got to get back on the horse and you got to win this week. Now we'll talk more about what this team needs next here on this episode of Lockdown Dolphins, so stick with us. Perhaps you want to hit up Hard Rock Stadium, go to the game on Sunday, but it's a little last minute. Make sure you get your tickets with Game Time with killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the start of the event, even an hour before it starts. It's the place to get last minute tickets and seats. You find flash deals and sponsored deals for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. Game, game time guarantee means you'll get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less game time, we'll credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with game time. Download the game time at create an account. Use code locked on NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms do apply again, create an account redeem code locked on NFL for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest prices guarantee. You ever have trouble with performance? You ever out with your partner, Feel like you just can't get the job done. Does it get worse when there's lots of people around? Especially bad with guacamole? I'm talking about weak chips, the kinds that can't handle a hearty scoop of guac. Well, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips understands the pain of trying to dip with a weak tortilla chip. No one wants to go soft on the guac. Unlike other chips, Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are literally built to dip. They're built the old-fashioned way, which means they're cut from actual tortillas. So Zach's Mighty Tortilla Chips are both sturdy and delicious. Crisp, corny, organic. These chips will take your tailgates to the next level, Zach's Mighty tortilla chips are now available in Publix in sea salt, lime, or nacho flavors. You can find them in the deli section with the dips. So head on over to Publix, grab a bag of Zach's Mighty, and scoop that guac like the stud you are. So what do the Dolphins need? Uh, they need to get healthy. I think it would be a great start. <laughs> you need to resolve your Buffalo Bills problem, and there's not an easy answer for that. You need to change your philosophy on how you're playing these high-level quarterbacks because it's not working right now. You need to get healthy and get some of your players back into the mix. And what the Dolphins have been able to do throughout the course of the first four games of the season, when you look at and say, well, they played multiple games without Toronto Armstead. They may end up playing more games without Toronto Armstead. Now I still think Kendall Lamb has been an excellent swing tackle. I think if that's the player that has to step into that spot for any period of time, I still think Miami's going to be fine. You need to get Connor Williams back healthy. Would like to think that's a short-term deal and that that can come back around, but you played without Connor Williams. You played multiple games without Jalen Phillips. You played all of these games without Jalen Ramsey, and you'll play a few more without Jalen Ramsey. You played um, this game without another starter in Deshaun Elliott. This is the nature of the beast in the NFL, and this is why when we talked about the composition of the roster, having enough cornerstone players to bridge the gap is essential. Now, there's performance of some players that are labeled as quality starters or potentially cornerstone players that, like, the the, the switch needs to come on, and you're sympathetic to a certain degree that it is a new system, and I don't think the defense was put particularly in a great position to have success defensively against the Chargers just like they weren't against the Bills. but it has to, it has to, the light bulb has to come on. <laughs> and uh, I, I thought through the two games against the the Patriots and against the Broncos, you saw good progress, but then you got another big armed, big time quarterback with explosive play capabilities and could attack you in a multitude of ways offensively. And it just switched back. So this is no longer just a data point that says it's a weak first game you are going to have to lean into the style of play of these players a little bit more. I think you think about David Long and Jerome Baker, second level players. uh, I think you think about what they have been, what the, the core of this defense has been used to playing. And they have been a little bit more accustomed to playing attack, aggressive defense. I don't think we really saw that. And I I understand you have some apprehensions about the other outside corner spot. I can tell you, you probably need to put Cater Kohu back in the nickel. So that means if Eli Apple, for whatever reason, he was inactive, whether that was an injury or not, if he's injured, you need to get him back. And if you can't get him back, then you need to play Cam Smith. Because this Cater Kohu and Justin Bethel combo with the nickel. They found Justin Bethel and the nickel real quick on that first touchdown. That was Justin Bethel and Brandon Jones stepping in for an injured Deshaun Elliott on that first touchdown pass. They found both those guys real quick. Now you want to be vanilla pre-snap, but you want to create confusion and, and chaos, then actually do it. But be aggressive. Be, be more aggressive, I, I think, is the key. You, you have to try to facilitate some of these errors yourself. Because you don't have the equity in this system to just lean on experience and expect the execution to come at a very high level. So I think you need Kater who to be back in the position where he's in best position to have success. I think you need to ensure that Justin Bethel stays within the role that is ideal for him as a football player, which is a core special teams player and potentially a dime. We need to get healthy. That'll be an uphill climb because you'll incur incur more injuries along the way. But both of your guys that are were started the season on IR between Jeff Wilson and Robert Jones are eligible to come off Uh, as of this week. I think that's great for Miami. Uh, I think you need to get Jalen Waddle more involved offensively. And he had a touchdown callback because Liam Eikenberg lost his mind and went six yards downfield on a, a play pass. I get it. He should have had a touchdown. And I get it. He missed the, the Broncos game with a concussion. Jalen Waddle is too good of a player to not be this involved and to come out of a game and say, well, The opposing team made it their mission to negate Tyree kill and they did it. So the Dolphins scored an average of 22 points in those two games between the Broncos or between the, the bills and the Patriots games. They successfully took away Tyree kill and you couldn't score points. Jalen wild got a bigger role in the offense. And I know we want to run the ball more and I know Tyree kill wants 2000 yards, but right now I could give a rats. You know what about 2000 yards to Tyree kill. I want to have a multifaceted offense. Now, there's been some players that have had success and stepped up and have been very, very, very good complementary pieces, including a player I was right about and a player I was wrong about. We'll talk about it in the next segment. But offensively, I look at it. You need to figure out your backup center spot because I thought Liam Eikenberg did as best as he could in the position that he was put into. I still think, even amidst the question of what Toron Armstead's situation is going to be, this unit can be fine, but it can't afford to be playing games without forty percent of its unit, and the forty percent it's missing are the probably the best two players on it. So Connor Williams, hope the week off was helpful. We're gonna have Dexter Lawrence and Leonard Williams this week. Get back in there. (laughs) He practiced two days, was limited. I would like to think. that there's a rebound coming that's, that's available as far as reinforcements on the offensive line. And if there's not, then maybe we want to kick the tires on an actual utility offensive line. You should be buying. There's a chance for you to buy at the trade deadline. Start calling around. Some of these teams thought they were going to be competing this year. and I'm not saying tape backs on Dan Feeney. I have no regrets on, on moving one from Dan Feeney, but if you're going to find, Hey, this is going to test us, be prepared to buy. You've got about a month to find a seller and teams are separating. There's a little bit of separation in a negative way for the Dolphins in the AFC East, but nevertheless, the Dolphins separating from the pack in a very positive way for versus a vast majority of teams because the Dolphins are sitting at three and one, which is a great place to be. We are going to talk about hits and misses next year on this episode of Locked on Dolphins to so stick with us. But before we go any further on the show, you want to you want to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, new customers can get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets win or lose with FanDuel. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is so easy to use. It's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over/unders, and more. So, visit FanDuel.com/slash/LockedOn to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel official partner of the NFL.
1: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this off season, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
0: So look, at the end of the day, uh, I am pretty committed to not making a week four game anything more or less than a week four game. It's one game in the win-loss column. The Dolphins have had plenty more good, but they have answers that at this stage, it's fair to ask questions about and say, if this does not trend in a different direction, uh, it's going to be problematic for Miami. But if you look at the first four weeks and how things have played out, I think there's a lot of good. Now, there's bad, too. Um, good, Braxton Berrios. The touchdown pass that he caught uh, from Tua Tongvaloa in week four. A great illustration of the Dolphins playing Wadlin Hill versus a complimentary player. And that complimentary player rising to the occasion. I'll put that down as a hit for me. I was really excited about the hit for, uh, of the, the addition of Braxton Barrios as a complimentary weapon. Conversely, I would put a miss down for uh, me with Devon HN. Uh, HN was a player who I was hopeful to draft a different position was kind of leery about his size and stature. I'll lay down on the sword. Mike McDaniel, you were right. and I was wrong. You're smart. And I'm dumb. he's been awesome. Uh he has been everything that if you were ho- if you were excited about the pick and you hoped it would be he has been that the last two weeks for Miami. That as he continues to mature, the the concern will be the workload and the durability factor for a smaller back. Let's just enjoy the fact that he has been a tremendous addition to this team thus far. So that's a a, a hit for the team but a miss for me. Um I already acknowledged that from a win loss perspective, I had the team at two and two through the first four at three and one. I have never been more happy to be wrong. Uh, I would have loved to have been even more wrong than I was. When you went back to the schedule prediction and you looked at the three buckets that we put the, the players in, or they the games in? We said, you have four layup games. You have to hit your layups. If you're going to be the team that you want to be in the grand scheme of things, the dolphins have not played any of those teams that were classified as layup games uh, relative to their own journeys this season. So that leaves four games out there that you feel the Dolphins can still really have a lot of success with. We had uh, divisional games. The objective was to go four and two in the AFC East. Uh, the bad news is you still play the bills again. The good news is it's week 18. Good news is it's at home. You have a lot of separation You have a chance to get right. You have a chance to find answers against dynamic quarterbacks, but you can't play Josh Allen the same way that you just played. You can't. And shame on Vic if he does. Now, Vic's too good of a coach. He's been around too long. He's been too successful to think that this is not going to continue to evolve and take shape in a different way. I know we were were sold a bill of goods, so maybe that's an L on, on my part as well to be so enthusiastic about Vic Fangio. Uh, and what he brings to this team. But I do acknowledge we're evolving expectations based on evolving personnel and trying to find answers. This team should have an opportunity to add more prolific players into the mix. You have two cornerstones that have missed multiple games for the team this year defensively and Ramsey and Jalen Phillips. Uh, Jalen Phillips, I don't know that you'll see him against the Giants, I don't don't know that you'll see him against the Panthers. Um, I would think he's not on IR. If you need to bridge the gap and he needs to take a little time, you've got a player in Andrew Van Ginkle who was one of the few players who played well defensively against Buffalo. Let that happen. Let him get whatever his oblique back tweak spasms, whatever it was. You saw him against Denver late in the first half, pull off a rush against Mike McGlinchey, and kind of grab at the same area. Whatever's going on, if it if it takes a few weeks, you know when it happened uh, against the it, when it when it happened ahead of the Patriots game, he missed the game. They gave him a week of rest. He came back in. He played against Denver. and He re-aggravated. If one week of rest is not going to fix it. You've already got a week of rest because you didn't play against Buffalo. Take another week, double, triple the rest time, come back for Philly. Right. And now you're kind of getting into, okay, Philly in city. Hey, we're, we're getting close to the end of October, potentially November. Where's Jalen Ramsey at? Well, It sounds optimistic that Nick Needham might be a player who's getting ready to start practice and in the next couple of weeks. So you start getting some reinforcements. I mean, you got be talking about Ramsey. Phillips, Needham, well, those kinds of players, if they're all back for Kansas City, I expect a very different kind of approach to how you play Kansas City, especially because the Chiefs, respectfully, they don't have a wide receiver like a Stephon Diggs. Now, they got Travis Kelsey, but that there's a whole other conversation about what that can look like. And we'll worry about that when we get there. But hits and misses, you know, I, I missed on Devon Ache. Another miss that I had, I'll, I'm just throwing down my L's. We'll, we'll, we'll wrap them all up here. I said, uh, well, don't be surprised if Tua Tungavalo experiences a statistical regression. Uh, you know, the 8.04 net yards per attempt, uh, the, the 8.9 yards per attempt, the 13 yards per completion, the quarterback rating that led the league. Don't be surprised if these things regress a little bit because from an efficiency standpoint, it's going to be hard to match that. Well, even with the... The game against Buffalo that did not go great, uh, two is still at the top of the charts for a lot of statistical categories in the NFL. He leads the NFL in passing yards with 1306. He had about 280 against the Bills, nine touchdowns, three interceptions. Uh, his passer rating of 114.4 is amongst qualifying quarterbacks, second in the NFL. His yards per attempt. Of 9.6 amongst qualifying quarterbacks is first in the NFL. I'm not sorry. All due respect to Keenan Allen, Mike White, and Taysom Hill. Y'all got to combine five attempts. I'm not going to put your your bolsterous numbers up here uh, and give you too much credit in that regard. Uh, the 20-plus yard completions, uh, he's tied for fourth in the NFL. His 40-plus yard completions, he's tied for eighth in the NFL. And he's only been sacked. Five times. I was wrong to think that the statistical regression from an efficiency standpoint for Tua tonga would be here. That's great news for Miami. And in the midst of taking four sacks against Buffalo, I thought Tua showcased a, a better ability to protect himself throughout the course of that game, even in the midst of taking hits. You don't want your quarterback to take hits. The good news is, You got another two games against teams that defensively have struggled this season. Now the giants are playing on Monday night football. I'm recording this before Monday night football for the Tuesday show. Through the first three games, the giants have been really rough looking defensively. The Panthers are struggling to get anything going against anybody. And they're down a bunch of their talented players. So these games, these games, they kind of come in chunks they kind of come in waves. And right now, Miami's coming down off a peak game and an opportunity to take some humble pie, reassess, and build and work one week at a time and build up to the next litmus test game that you have on the schedule. You just can't go over on your litmus test games. You got to show that this group with this defensive structure, with this talent, can dial in and have a successful game plan against one of these prolific quarterbacks that you're going to have to beat. Now, one thing I would kindly ask for is if you get into the playoffs and you win a playoff game, somebody beat Buffalo before we got to play him because I would love to not have to have those conversations because <laughs> you have a legitimate Bills problem, and I don't know how to solve it. I don't have an answer for you. But What I can tell you is the answer is not going to be doing what you just did on Sunday, when on I decided the ball. Miami's in a good spot. Um, Miami is probably licking their wounds right now, and they should be. Uh, Fans that probably got a little carried away uh, with expectations after 70 points. Humbleness in the NFL is just a week away, always. So let's see how this team responds. I, I still believe in everything that this team is doing. But at the quarter season mark, I would say in many phases, this team is ahead of schedule. Defensively, they are not. And the adjustments, I don't know that you're going to know how the progress is happening until week seven. In the meantime, one game at a time, this team has got to come out and continue to stack successes and build momentum and make adjustments and continue on their forward progress. I faith this team will do it. Everything this team wants to be is still out there for you to do. Now you just know you can't show up, play prevent, and not expect teams with, with prolific quarterbacks to be able to pick you part. That's going to do it uh, for this episode of Locked On Dolphins. It is your team every day here on the Locked On Network. Appreciate you guys for checking out the show. Fin's up. Make it a great rest of your day. I'm out of here. So I'll be back to talk to you all again soon for more Dolphins football. Enjoy the rest of your day.